The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. Ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Climate Last of the Sports Talk Show. Live in studio, Demi Lache. It is Friday, football Friday, that is. We will be discussing a lot of Friday. Right now, I'm in studio all, all to my lonesome. Kwame Lasseter, she'll be calling in, joining in on the show very soon. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us anytime, man, Monday through Friday, except for Wednesdays on the days that we are out, four days a week. It is Friday. It is football. We had some NFL last night. We're definitely going to jump off talking about that. Uh, here coming up soon about the big game last night, Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, the return of Eric Berry back home, I guess you could say back to Arrowhead Stadium, which was a lovely way to kick it off. Uh, if he was watching the game on Thursday night, watching it uh, on NFL Network, it was a huge, um, you know, representation, a, a huge applause, standing ovation for Eric Berry's return after he did become cancer-free. And he fought cancer, he beat it. Um, in which the circumstances he was under last season, in which he had to miss the whole NFL season. We're talking, you know, not not just, you know, NFL player. I think anyone, any human, you know, fighting through cancer and, um, you know, getting through it and fighting it and beating it is, is phenomenal. Um, this, this gentleman here, I mean, we're talking all pro, all American in college, uh, first round draft pick, uh, just been at a high level since the day he entered the NFL. And for him, you know, a guy on that type of status representing the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs being a, you know, face of the franchise. For him to, you know, go through what he did last season, for him to step right back on the field and actually play last night, you know, that was the biggest uh, deal that we talked about yesterday was, you know, it's Eric Berry, you know, it's going to be a very emotional game for the Kansas City Chiefs organization, for the fans, for Eric Berry himself. And, you know, can he handle it? Is he going to play a lot or to, towards little but he came out and he, he played you know quite a few series he didn't start necessarily he didn't play every single down but that's just working him back in two things in which you know you come off fighting cancer you stepping onto the and not just playing football but in the pros in the NFL if you come right back into it I mean that's just phenomenal so working his way into it it's just represent who he is and where he where he's been and it's just a phenomenal standing ovation for that gentleman um Great to see him back on the field, even though they, they did take a loss last night. It was great to see that. Um, yeah, so we will talk about that more. Uh, to kick it off in the first segment, though, um, the Texas high school football, the two kids, um, I know it was worldwide, you know, video footage, uh, stories, um, high school football players uh, allegedly attacked um, the referee in which he has you know, kind of take it, taking it to the courts to take a look at for the court system to handle. And 
it, it reached out. You know, the kids finally broke silence, got to speak on it, speak about it this morning. Uh, Good Morning America is the first thing when I woke up to. Um, first thing I did was, you know, turn on Good Morning America, and that, that, there they were. You know, the two kids were uh, on there to discuss about the actions and why they've done it. And, you know, I, I, I pretty got a... I got a pretty big shock, you know. If you did not watch it or if you did not catch the video just yet, I was, I was, honestly, I was pretty shocked. Um, if you don't know the story already, two kids uh, attacked a referee, um, made sure you know the ref felt the, uh, making sure the ref felt that they were getting cheated, um, that they did not like certain calls throughout the game, and you know, and they attacked the referee. They literally, um, as soon as the play started during this time, during a high school football game, play jumped off, and the kids, you know, both went at the referee, hit him hard. The first kid knocked him down, knocked the referee down, and the other kid came through and finished him. Um, it, it was not right. You know, it's, it's obviously it's not right what's happened on video, but, you know, not knowing the whole story, that's what life is right now. That's how, you know, these bigger stories happen, and we don't know the whole outcome. But... You know, the, the referee, the gentleman felt, you know, he was he was attacked. Referee named you know, uh, Robert Watts felt as if it was like an assault being happening, in which he's pressing charges in that case. Uh, but the two players, Michael Moreno, Victor Rojas, the two Texas high school football players that were captured on video attacking the referee, finally broke their silence today on Good Morning America. And, you know, they discussed that. They were just following, you know, their rules. They were following what was told from them coming from the sideline. And I was shocked by that. You know, throughout a game, throughout competition, uh, whether, what you know, whatever it may be, uh, whatever, you you know, get yourself into, you obviously learn, you know, from upper hand from someone, one, someone with, you know, more experience. And to hear that the two high school guys, you know, these – Former athletes, I guess you could say, because now they've been removed off the team. They've been suspended from the school for the past three days. Uh, one of the kids is a honor society, honor roll type of student. I mean, he's a phenomenal student and just playing the game of football. But, you know, they they look up to these coaches. You know, the coaches kind of take you under their wings and develop you and, you know, try to become not just a better football player, but a better person, better man overall. And... That's, you know, pretty much the perception of a high school coach, getting you ready for life after school, you know, life after these hallways, you know, whether you want to go to college or not in the workforce to jump right into it. These guys are the ones that you really, truly look up to that helped you become, you know, you're already that young teenage, you know, 16, 17 years old, but it's to get you ready for life and to hear that assistant coach you know, allegedly told these two young gentlemen um, to do, you know, to do damage towards the referee because the referee um, was was making bad calls or, you know, they, they quoted and said, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're doing what we are told to do. I'm, 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 I'm pretty shocked about that. The reason why I'm shocked, because I can't understand where head coach, assistant coach, any coach. Um, it, it was reported throughout by an, an assistant coach that that's who, you know, told them to do these things. Um, I'm surprised because why would a coach even, you know, what, what would make a coach produce that? What would make a coach think about that and to tell, you know, these guys out here who are 
wanted to play a game of football, loved the game, you know, has a high motor going during these games, a lot of emotion. Why would you influence that? Hey, take the ref out. Take him out on this next play. Of course you know the kid is going to respond. He's a kid. He's going to listen to, you know, these guys who they believe in, who they are around, you know, most of their day, most of their time right now, especially in high school, you know, during the high school days, you're not around your family. Your family's working. You know, you probably got younger siblings in school. Uh, so you're around the coaches, the teachers, more than you are at home. So, of course, you're going to buy into what all, you got a special relationship with these, you know, with these coaches. And the simple fact for a coach to, you know, allow it to happen or for him to even, you know, request it. I and mean, I, I just don't get it. That's why I'm shocked. You know, where did this, how, how could this come about? And, you know, there was other uh, rumors that were being picked out through this story. Actually, you know, the kids also said, you know, the referee had a, had a ton of racial slurs in which uh, one of the kids is, uh, actually both of the kids are Hispanic Americans, and um, that the referee came out, Robert Watts was stating that, um, I'm sorry, the kids were stating that Robert Watts was having racial slurs, you know, towards Hispanics. It was also, you know, a black kid on the team in which the referee, in which the kids said they heard the referee called a black kid inward several times. We are talking about the state of Texas. Remember that? The football is very passionate in the state of Texas. It's at a whole nother level. You know, I, I, we, we, don't have the, we didn't have that growing up in Indiana, the, the passion behind the game of football. I mean, kids were passionate about it. Don't get me wrong. I was very passionate about what I did. But in Texas, it's like the whole state shuts down on Friday nights. Like companies shut down. No one goes to work. Everybody goes to tune in to watch high school, especially at a high school level. High school football is Texas. And so, you know, these kids carry that chip on their shoulder. They, they have all that, you know, to think about it. And you have, like I said, you play in a high school game. you got so much emotions. You're around, you know, your friends, your coaches. The whole neighborhood comes out, the whole community. That's just how they do it in Texas. So, you know, your emotions are running pretty high. You get a call from your assistant coach telling you to take the referee out. You're hearing the referee say these racial slurs. You know, it, it, it's a shame. It looks very shameful on the field, on the film. Um, obviously, the evidence right now, you cannot hear any voices. You cannot hear, you know, any racial slurs. I think some of these other kids on the team should speak up, not just um, the two kids or the coach that, you know, got removed from his position, um, who also got suspended for the rest of the year in coaching. But for them, you know, to not get as deep as a punishment, because these kids, I mean, they, they, they still have their lives to live. They're suspended from school. To further notice, it, you know, they're, they're away from football. Um, you know, they cannot play football this season, I, which I agree. You should not – they should not be stepping on the field anytime soon this season. But they should still be around the program. They should still know what's going on, still be around, you know, the head coach so they can get their minds, you know, going. I think the coach got caught up in, you know, a lot of emotions. You know, he was probably seeing and it was stated that he heard and seen these racial slurs and, you know, some of the calls against his team um, that he didn't feel comfortable with. And so that's when he told the kid, but you don't tell, you know, 18, 19-year-old, 17-year-old kids to, you know, react in a violent way. You, you just don't pass that on. That's not great coaching. But at the same time, I can understand where the coach's emotions came from, but you don't go out and saw and get even. You know, rather what level the referee is on. You do not go out. Don't get even with it. Beat them another way. Find another way. Stop the game. Report it to, you know, 
the Texas, I don't know, Texas High School Association. Report it to them. Let them know what's going on. I, you know, we we don't have to finish this game, but don't react in like to me in a cowardly. Hey, go send the kids out to do your dirty work to let the kids. Get, it's just, I don't, I don't think the coach was thinking about the outcome or, um, you know, he wasn't thinking about the kids in this standpoint. He wasn't thinking about the two gentlemen and how they got to live life after this because right now they're not happy and they came out said on Good Morning America. And, you know, it's life is different now. Just in a week, just in a month, a month ago. They were just getting ready for football, getting ready for school, you know, taking classes. They were just living life as teenagers. One little incident happened, and boom, it's viral. It's everywhere. Another note um, before we go to break here, another note that I want to touch on real quick. It's just, yeah, you have huge people you know that influence your life at a young age you have people that you want to bring into your life that has helped you get from point a to point b but remember you know as a kid as you know whatever age you're at you're responsible for your actions yes a coach tells you to go do something obviously you know that's what you're coached to do to be coachable uh there's no about there's no doubt about that in this situation being coachable but at the same time no that you are responsible for your actions. Know that. You know, you're when you're around 16, 17 years old, you you know what's what's right, what's wrong. You know, the kids absolutely, you know, they they came out and stated as well, you know, they feel bad. They 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 did not mean for all of this to happen. If they could do it over again, they would not have done it. You gotta think about that the first time. Kwame Last of the Sports Talk, we're gonna take a quick break. After the break, you know, it's football Friday. We got a lot of football to discuss during uh college football coming up this weekend. Um also the pros you know we got to talk the NFL as well so you listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show and I'll be right back become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America if you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Does the coming hunting seasons hold success for you? Well, this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, we're focusing on the 2015 wild game forecast with the latest dish on population numbers, season dates, overall game health, and lots more. And joining us will be Stan Potts and Nate Hazy, plus Tom McMillan, John Divney, and Joe Kinney of KOVE. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Plumber. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. They're legit. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back again to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in and join us on the show Monday through Friday, except for Wednesdays. We got to bring some energy to the board. You know, we got that first segment. I felt like, you know, it was a serious subject to talk about. And, you know, now we got to get back to two things. It's Friday, man. It's Football Friday. We got Douglas B. on the line, also known as, best known as Dougie B. Joining us in, Dougie. Welcome in. Welcome back into the yeah. show two days in a row. Good to hear from you. Oh, man. It, as, long as, uh, as long as I get the approval from the baby, man, we're good to go. <laughs> That's where it all starts. Yo, it, it's Friday. It's football Friday, that is. Uh, a lot of games, college football, NFL. I don't know if you ca- caught the report. I mean, first segment, you know, I was discussing about this uh, Texas high school. There's two kids, you know, they got in trouble for allegedly assaulting the referee. Uh, they came out, right. broke the silence this morning. I don't know if you caught on, if you caught it. Um, I saw it on Good Morning America in which they did their interview. And, you know, it, it made me raise my eyebrow a little bit. I mean, we could touch up on it a little bit more before we move into the next subject here. But uh, just real quick, you know, I, I felt as if, you know, with the coach, because the kids came out and said they were told to do this, you know, brought to brought on by the coach. If a coach really cares about you or, you know, he has to see the whole picture, the whole limelight, you can't get caught up in your emotions and your feelings and letting the kids do what, you know, how the way you feel, you got to stop the game. You got to do something. No matter if it's racial slurs being tossed around by the referee, no matter if you know they're making bad calls, questionable calls, and you know it's hurting your team, you don't send your, the guys out there to do your dirty work because they're going to suffer in the end. You know they're the ones who's missing out on school. They're the ones who you know can't play the game of football. And not only that, they they're the ones in you know in in the headlines and you know the newspaper, the storylines. They're the ones who's, who's taking it. Right now, everything's all alleged. You know, they can't really say too much. But they did speak their mind a little bit. You know, they came out with their part of the story. And, you know, it's, it, it's pretty sad on both ends. Even the referee, you know, you, if, that, if all this is true that he was doing, because he denies it, of course. But if all this is true, I mean, it's sad on both ends, no matter what. No, 100%. And the thing is, we weren't there, so we don't really know what's going on. I did catch a glimpse of the interview. And let me say, I can't take anybody serious that has a Joe Dirt haircut. Oh, wow. Come on, man. He's a kid. He's 18. <laughs> He's got a mullet going on like Joe Dirt. But anyways, it, <laughs> reading, you know, reading in between some lines and the questions that they were asked, I don't truly believe what they were saying was true. Um, the way they answered it kind of deflected. And, you know, just there's there's some doubt that what they said in the interview today was true. Now, we've seen past, maybe, say, two, three years, four years, 
we've seen coaches of youth sports really kind of act it out against parents, officials, and stuff like that. I mean, it's definitely out there. So I, I'm not going to put it past the coach that he might have told the kids to go out there and do it. But then at the same time, the kids have to know, I mean, they're high school kids. Something in their minds has to say, you know what, this isn't right to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if the even if the ref had that uh, racial slur remark, mm-hmm. so who knows really what happened? I think there's probably some guilt between all the parties when it's all said and done with. Mm-hmm. But you don't handle it on the field like that, you know, because now even if that you look at the whole situation, let's say the ref did make those racial slurs. Well, bring that in after the game because now you just put yourself and a teammate and your whole team in the limelight in a negative limelight might I add now you're not playing whether you could have just brought it up after the fact hey this ref he came out he said this he said that we don't appreciate it it was uh, and let that investigation go on instead of now investigating yourself for you know yourself and your teammate for assaulting a, a referee during the game it just doesn't look good all you know, just any way you look at it. So play the game on the field, let it stay on the field, and then come out afterwards and then bring it upon, you know, with a, a press conference to the news, to the, you know, Grants, Texas, so I don't know what they're, you know, out here in Arizona's AIA. Bring it upon the rest and right. bring it upon the, the governing board that's going to determine punishment for the rest. Right. But don't put yourself and your team in that type of situation where now you're down two extra players. It just it doesn't make sense. But who knows really what happened? I mean, I just don't see. I just I just don't believe eighteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kid. You've been playing football. This is this like you said. It's the state of Texas. You know, you've been playing football probably since since you started walking. Probably before you started walking in Texas, and you you played several games where you never attempted the referee. You know, you have bad calls, good calls. You you hear players, you know, doing slurs or whatnot. I just I I don't see. Obviously, they didn't make any you know gestures towards the referee before the game or before the situation because honestly, the whole game is on film, so right. there was nothing you know taunted that way. I think someone did have to get in their ear and whisper something. And if it's because of the racial slurs and everything, then I understand you know that being not happy. You know, you deserve some type of punishment, but not to have the kids do so. I think somebody was in their ear. No matter if it was another kid, if it was a coach, it was talked about. And obviously right. someone knew about it. Um, you know, the head co- as a head coach, you know, you got to be adaptable. You got to move on from stuff. You know, if, if, you know, anything can happen during the game. You know, the headsets can mess up in, in New England, uh, Mike Tomlin. <laughs> it, it, you know, anything can happen. You got to be adaptable and just, you know, play through it. That that was just my opinion. You know, I've always been, and like you said, handle that stuff after the game. You know, you can get blown out forty-five to seven if the balls are not deflated all the way or inflated. You know, it is what it is. Talk about it after. Don't talk about it right now, or don't you know react. You know, and don't send your goons out. You know, to do your dirty work. That's just not. Yeah. It's not okay. You know, like it's it's just not fair. But it'll all come out in the right way. I don't want to talk too much on it. You know. Um, it is football Friday. I want to move on to it. Uh, the NFL, I know. Off, uh, in our prediction last night, weren't we? Yeah, we, we was a little off. And that's <laughs> what I want to get into right now is discussing, uh, you know, last night's game. Last night, Thursday night game, football game. Uh, I know I talked about it before, Eric Berry's return home. It was an emotional return for the fans, for the, for the team, for Eric Berry himself. 
uh, he, he played. He played more than what I thought he was going to because, you know, with the whole his condition and I don't know how he is. I never battled cancer. So, uh, you know, to jump right back into the NFL playing, you know, I don't know how his health is, but he played. He showed up. Um, oh, yeah. yeah it, was, it was great to see him out there. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This guy just fought cancer, and he's playing in the NFL. Like, Finished the game with uh, four tackles. Yeah. It was it was amazing to see that. The Chiefs did come up short in the end. Um, first and foremost, I want to ask you this, Doug. Did the Broncos win that game, or did the Chiefs end up losing that game? I know that I know it's a it's a blank question. You know, I, I'm sorry, but that's just that's that's what I came to the studio on. You know, talking about this topic. What did the Chiefs lose that game, or did the Broncos really win that game? You know what? And to be fair, I can't answer it 100 percent because I was only catching glimpses of the game, dealing with the kids and everything last night. Right. I tried to get watch what I could. Mm-hmm. One thing I did is I saw the Chiefs go up 14 nothing. And I said, this game is this game is done with. But then mm-hmm. Peyton Manning is still Peyton Manning. He was able to battle back, ended up with 256 yards with three TDs and an interception. Then you look at Alex Smith, 191 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I think it's it's not more of, well, the Broncos really won or Kansas City let themselves lose. I think it was pretty much even skill. I just think... The, the Broncos came back and fought, and you have Payne Manning, who's that leader. You know, we look at Alex Smith with, you know, the 49ers, and it's kind of a prototypical game he had with his last year in San Fran. No touchdowns, two interceptions, mm-hmm. uh, 53, uh, 53.9 on his passer or uh, quarterback rating. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of both. And you look at Jamal Charles, I think I stated over 100 yards, with two touchdowns was my prediction last night that he was going to come back from that game one, finished with 125 and a touchdown. So I was pretty close on that. It just, it really was Alex Smith and that passing game couldn't get going on. You had the ground game going, um, but then on the side with Denver, Payne Manning just doing what he needed to do. Because if you look at Denver rushing, mm-hmm. Ronnie Hillman was a leading the team with 34 yards. 34 yards is the most he got, and then you have C.J. Anderson with 27. So Denver finished off the rushing with, like, 61 yards rushing. So everything was won by Payne Manning. Not the running game. You know, the defense kind of stepped up a little bit, gave two interceptions with, with the help of Alex Smith. But that was, I mean, that's the Payne Manning basically came and took that game over for Denver. Mm-hmm. Now, if Alex Smith would have been able to produce a little bit more at the quarterback spot, then I see Kansas City would have came out and, and won the game. So when I say it's kind of, you know, you kind of look at both sides, you can kind of say, well, Payne Manning kind of led that team on his back because he didn't have the rushing. Okay. But Alex Smith didn't really help Kansas City in the passing game. And you can't, I mean, you're not going to be able to, to win a ball game if you don't have your receivers on target, your quarterback throwing those throws and getting the touchdown. So you're saying Payne you're Manning, so you're saying the Broncos won this game, period. The Broncos definitely won this game because of the Payton play of Payton Manning. Manning. Won that game. Yeah, Payton um, Manning won that game. Yeah, he started off slow. He he actually threw a pick six in the first half. Um, that's where that one interception came to from the rookie uh, Marcus Peters out of Washington, uh, which he played phenomenal last night. I mean, I got to give it up. He did get beat. I mean, but what do you expect, Garden Demarius Thomas, All Pro, and Emmanuel Sanders? I think one of the quickest receivers in the game right now. What do you expect? Oh, you yeah. can't go pound for pound shutting him down. 
oh wait, plus oh. you got Peyton Manning you're dealing with, but and he keep picking at you, but he he held his own. You know, he he got his respect and he caught one. He got one, took it to the house. Um, with that energy, with you know being at home, we got a minute before break. I believe that the Chiefs lost this game. They had their opportunities. They had opportunities in the red zone. Alex Smith was getting them down there per se. Uh, he did have you know his turnovers midway through the game, but I think it all started to go downhill when Jamal Charles got the ball in the red zone and he made his first fumble. You could tell something was in his head, so he began you know to run the ball harder. He you know got you know this twenty carries over one twenty five whatever. He started to play harder, and then he, he got to the point where he was trying to do too much, and fumbled in the end. Got picked up, um, changed the moment, changed the whole ball game. You, you know, he fumbled with less than a minute to go. That's where I think the Chiefs. They they definitely. I don't want to blame Jamal Charles because you know it's a team game. You got to stop Pave Manning. You know, rather you know your team throw an interception, you got to bounce back. You know, as a strong defensive unit that the Chiefs have, you have to you know. You have to step up at times, you know, hold hold these guys to a field goal, which they did. But to have two turnovers, both of them, you know, turn to touchdown possessions and another one turn to a field goal. Yeah, that's that has a lot to do with the Chiefs aspect on this. And we got to take another break here. But after the break, we're going to finish up, you know, discussing more on this. Kwame Lester Sports Talk Show, Demi Lachey, Dougie B's here on the line. Don't change the dial, man. We'll be right back. School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Jerome Buda Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lassa's Sports Talk with Marie Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Hey, welcome back in. Welcome back in to Kwame Lasser Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144. is number to call in. Join us on the show Monday through Friday. It's Football Friday. Dougie B's here on the line. Demi Lachey's here in the studio. Uh, we were discussing last night's uh, ball game. I think it was a huge letdown from the Chiefs' standpoint. Um, that's what we are discussing. Jamal, Tar- Jamal Charles uh, came out 
last night and stated, you know, he, he takes blame for the loss, for the late fumble. Um, yes, partly so. You got to protect the ball less than a minute to go. Um, you know, tie ball game, you know, you got a last drive to make something happen. And you fumble, Bradley Roby picks it up and, you know, walks it into the end zone. Ball game. Um, yeah, you as a pro, as an all-pro, you call yourself the LeBron James of the NFL. You know, you call yourself, you know, the, the game changer. You, you know, and, and that's when, you know, your experience is supposed to take over in the fourth quarter. You know, you don't turn over the football as, you know, a LeBron James, quote-unquote, of the, of the sport. You know, you of, of of a game changer. Yeah, you changed the game, all right, but not the way you know you are wanting it to be, especially in your hands as a competitor. Um, you know, you you had the, they had the Broncos beat. Period. I don't. The Broncos did not look comfortable at all. Um, they still, you know, have to run the ball only twenty two times for sixty one yards. Peyton Manning was not comfortable. He was getting sacked, knocked down several times. I mean, he took some shots from Holly, um, the defensive end. Uh, he took some shots from Justin Houston, and he just did not look comfortable back there. And it's because he has no; they have no run game. Um, they use a two running back system, which they'll both get, you know, between that twelve to thirteen carries each. So they're going to get that split carries. They're going to run the ball no more than twenty five, twenty six times. But you know, they just did not look comfortable. They did not look like the Denver Broncos. Yes, Peyton Manning did ellipse the seventy thousand seventy thousand passing yards. Um, you know, last night only him and Brett Favre. Now he's catching Brett Favre for the most of all time. But it, it did not look like you know a Broncos game that we're used to. And uh, thank God for the two turn for the three turnovers that they you know scored off of. You know that the Broncos had their chances. Uh, if it wasn't for that, I mean, I mean it was it was an early pick six as well by uh, Chris Harris Jr. You know, he had, or I'm sorry, not a pick six, but he had an interception earlier in the game before the half in which the Broncos, you know, pretty much had like 15 yards to score a touchdown. Those are the plays, you know, as a Chiefs organization, as a unit, you cannot allow that to happen, especially before the half. You have given them momentum. Uh, fourth quarter, you know, with the game on the line, you, can't, you cannot turn over the football. A lot of people talk about Tony Romo. And, you know, how he turns over the football. But at the same time, he has the most game-winning drives since he's been a quarterback in the NFL. No one else is touching it. And fourth quarter, overtime, game-winning drives. You know, big players make big-time plays. Jamal Charles had his chance, had his shot. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, now they're 1-1, 0-1 at home. You know, on one in their division, you know, against the Broncos. And now the next time you see them is at Denver. So they came up there and they stole one. They literally stole that game last night. I don't think. You know, where, where was it at that Jamal lost that fumble in the fourth? It was, uh, I want to say, they were about 25, 30 yards out of their end zone heading, or they weren't in their red zone. They were still, they, they didn't even get past the 50 the, yet. The, uh, the red zone, right? They didn't even get past the 50 yet. Okay. So they weren't in, you know, scoring territory. They were right. against it. Yeah. So he, here's my point is. With Jamal Charles, he's going to take the blame. He's going to put that because he's a veteran player. He's going to put that loss on the shoulder. Me, though, I'm not buying it. Because when your quarterback throws no touchdowns and two interceptions, Alex Smith is the one that needs to be coming up and stepping up and saying, you know what, no, Jamal Charles did his job. Yeah, did he lose a fumble? Yeah. You know what? But when you have 21 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown, your running back's doing his job. 
yeah, is it unfortunate he lost fumble? But that doesn't even guarantee that they they do anything with that. You know what I mean? Say he doesn't lose a fumble, he gets a couple extra yards. Alex Smith comes and tries to throw a pass and put you know puts an interception up, or they go for a field goal and they miss a field goal. It's not a guaranteed win. You know, so I'm not buying that he lost the game. But when your quarterback does not throw his touchdown, he has two interceptions. That to me is looking more on the game is in is his hand, and he's the one who lost the game because he didn't produce as a quarterback like he should have. Okay. Um, I mean, your your running back put up 125 yards and a touchdown. That's a good. That, I'm sorry, but I'll take that running stat any day of any running back. With two fumbles. What's that? Yeah, Jamal Charles with two fumbles yards and a touchdown. With, with one fumble if coming. If I'm a GM or a coach, I'll take that for my running back any day. With I'm two not fumbles, take zero touchdowns with two interceptions. You're gonna take two fumbles, one fumble in the red zone, one fumble in the fourth quarter when you have a chance to make a game-winning drive. Think about it. The quarterback had two interceptions, zero no. touchdowns, but you still in the game. You still found ways to get your team to score because when they put Now Davis in the game in the red zone, Jamal Charles, Jamal Charles wasn't there. Now Davis got it done. I mean, I, I agree with you on your on your statement on your point of, you know, Jamal Charles did run hard. He did, you know, did his thing. Twenty one carries, one hundred twenty five yards. That's amazing. You're right, but it could have been more. It should have been more. He should have scored beginning of the football game. You don't fumble in the red zone. Period. I don't care how, right. I don't care how you know you're a rookie. You're you're a pro. I don't care if you all pro Jamal Charles. You do not fumble the football in the red zone. I don't care. It didn't. Yeah, you you make up for it. Twenty one carry, one hundred twenty five yards. But guess what? You could have. You should have had one forty. You 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 should have had two three touchdowns last night, Jamal Charles. You had four catches for two yards, Jamal. Um, yeah, Alex Smith. You definitely. You know, you got to make stuff happen. But what do you expect out of Alex Smith? He's a game manager. He's not a game changer. He manages yeah. the game. He did have some bad reads last night. I know it was one. He could have had a touchdown to Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey came in and ran like a hook route, and he threw it to the flat where it was two defenders, and the hook was wide open. Now that happened at the beginning of the game. Next play, Jamal Charles fumbles. Um, yeah, and, and now you got to live off the oh, the what if factor. No, it should not be about that when you got Jamal Charles, LeBron James of the NFL in your backfield. There should not be a oh, if he did not fumble. LeBron some game winning shots every once in a while. Does he turn it over? LeBron yeah, James got to be perfect. LeBron James got two rings. I don't, I don't yeah. understand why Jamal Charles even states himself as Le- LeBron James, the best player in the NBA. Jamal Charles is not even the best running back in the NFL. Um, no. So is he a game changer like LeBron? Yes, but you know, I'm not saying you know. But just as much as you trying to knock on Alex, you got to put a lot towards Jamal Charles, who is a All Pro performer. Alex Smith ain't no right. All Pro. He's he was yeah he was number one pick. Took him a while to get his career going, and now he, you know, I think he's playing pretty good football, well enough for Andy Reid. Um, but should look at it this way, you know, I they're get, on two different I levels. I expect more. But Jamal Charles had two fumbles, right? Two big fumbles, uh, though. Had two you know, Doug, they he had two big fumbles. Each each had two turnovers in that game. Mm-hmm. So you can look. I mean, you can place blame. I think equally on both of them. But I want my quarterback at least throwing at least a touchdown, especially on that one you're talking about. Wide open hook, and you're going to throw in the flat. Right, right. That's the kind of stuff, as a, as a veteran quarterback, you can't do. And that's why I said it's kind of reminiscent of his last you know, year or two and San Fran, making some of those bad reads, not seeing the open guy, 
Yeah. You know, so that's why I say I can't put 100% blame on Jamal Charles because your quarterback turned it over two times as well. Yeah. But, at, know, but at that point. A fumble just because of the fact that he could have held on as you know good as you can. It's just those, I mean, we see it game in and game out, those hits. That's just the perfect hit by that linebacker or by that DB where you're not expecting it. You're holding out a ball, and it just slips out. Hey man, because of that hit. you tuck that ball, you run tight between the tackles. You know that, Jamal yeah. Charles. Just stop running oh, yeah. with the ball loose. So it's just, either way, it's unfortunate. But you can't also look at the Payne Manning and how he basically held that team on his shoulder as well mm-hmm. because he had no help from their rushing game at all. Well, he, they're not expecting him to have help when he's throwing 45 passing attempts. Um, he, he, they're not yeah, expecting it. Yards when they're, nine carries, yeah, and they're, he, you know, yeah. Three, you know, not even four yards on average, two yards by C.J. Anderson. I mean, come on, give me something. Right, and you know you're not going to run the ball against a stellar Kansas City Chiefs defense, too. you got to pick and poison up that defense, period. you got to throw at Marcus Peters, and that's their weakness in a you know experienced defensive front, experienced secondary. you got to pick out the rookie, and the rookie, he held his own. So that was right. a tough that was a tough, tough football game. It was, it was a phenomenal defensive game on both sides. Um, even on, you know, Alex Smith's side, you're throwing against two all-pro corners, Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris Jr. These guys are, you know, the most underrated duo of cornerbacks in the NFL. Then you got, you know, T.J. Ward back there. You have, you know, uh, Demarcus Ware coming at you, Von Miller, you know. That's that's a tough situation <laughs> uh, for for a guy like Alex Smith. But when you up fourteen zero, you're right. You cannot miss that hook route and throw the flat. But at the same time, you're up fourteen zero. Jamal Charles, you can't fumble the football. I'm sorry. Um, moving on, man. Uh, you know, it's, it's we'll go into college real quick. We'll finish up on the NFL in the last segment. We got a couple minutes before break. Uh, big game tonight out here in the it's Valley in Tempe. Um, actually, not a big game, but just a game. Uh, well, ASU is hosting. Is it? Is it? ASU is hosting New Mexico. New Mexico State? Doesn't matter. No. Nope. University of New Mexico. University of New Mexico. First wide out. Um, ASU is, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to see a better football team because right now I, I think they're a bad football team. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's the coach. If it's the players themselves, is you know something's off, and you know you can kind of expect, especially with all the trouble that's been happening in the off season, for guys that's not even you know in the locker room right now, it's it was a troubled off season for the Sun Devils. Then they come out nationally ranked number fifteen, and they get embarrassed at Texas A and M or in Houston um for their first game and then the last game going 21-21 against a Cal Poly team and only winning that game 35-21 because of two late touchdowns there's something going on right now with the Sun Devils that they need to get on track I think it's a good game to finally show hey this is who we are this is where we need to be you know you got to you got to show it before this Pac-12 play because UCLA is, is they're coming Stanford looks pretty good USC is coming to town the following week this is a. This is a. You're right. This is has some some huge standpoints to it, but at the same time, I mean, it's University of New Mexico. I'm expecting. Right. You know, if you don't blow this team out, something something's in the air there. So then I I got some worries. Uh, Doug, I know you want to talk about it, so we'll talk about it after this break, man. I'm 
I'm going to let you have your moment because I know you want to take it over. And we, yeah, in this last segment, we're going to, you know, it's Friday football, football Friday. We're going to discuss, you know, NFL, uh, some, you know, some predictions, college football predictions. Keep tuning in. Stay on us uh, one more time for one last segment coming up. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Brimmer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank God it's... It is Friday. It is Football Friday. Back live in studio. Demi Lachey, Dougie B's here on the line. Uh, we're going to talk some football. Finish it up the right way. Uh, kicking off tonight's game. Uh, tune into it. It's going to be all over national television. I might, I might go inside and catch a quarter. Might go tailgate a little bit. Go see what these Sunday Sun Devils are really about. Uh, ASU is hosting New Mexico. It's the first ever whiteout, of course. Um, Doug, you, you mentioned it was a it's a big weekend for your, your Sun Devils. You know this is your this is your team. Um, you mentioned it's a, it's a big game, especially with USC coming around the corner. And you know Pac-12 teams are playing f- very well. Who are those top dogs? You know U of A. I think Arizona looks phenomenal. I think uh, USC looks good. Washington, you know, very competitive with a freshman at quarterback. Uh, you know, these team UCLA, of course, doing their thing. You just can't sleep on these teams. So what's your prediction? What, what do you got to say about uh, tonight's game with the Sun Devils or whatnot? Well, and here's what ASU's looking at is, obviously came out, lost to uh, Texas A&M. Uh, there was a lot of hype going into the preseason, kind of got the Sun Devils down. And then they come Cal Poly. Everybody's thinking they're going to bounce back. They're going to just blow out Cal Poly. Which they should have. I think. Right, and I think Cal Poly actually kind of surprised some people because I'm looking at that. They actually, after that ASU loss, they went up in the FCS standings, right up to 18. So they actually moved up in the standings even after a loss. So, I mean, I, I want to kind of follow Cal Poly because looking at some, I mean, they just they looked good. And it wasn't because of the Sun Devils looked bad, but they, I mean, they legitimately looked good. They ran that triple option 
I mean, to the T. Everybody was on assignment, and it was tough coming into any Pac-12 school, even a Colorado or, you know, an Oregon State. So definitely looking to see how Cal, Cal Poly finishes the season off, and I think we just took him for granted. But the triple option, we haven't seen that. You don't see that really in the Pac-12. So it's something new, and it was a little bit hard to adjust. And, you know, playing on the defensive side of the ball, the triple option is a hard offense to, to kind of read. The difference, UNM is coming in tonight. They run the triple option as well, but they run it from a shotgun pistol type standpoint, um, which I think is going to benefit ASU defending it because you're going to be able to see that develop a lot more. You're going to be able to see the miss, the miss read and um, just really be able to react to it a little bit different. So when you run the triple option, it's always going to be easier to see it from that uh, shotgun pistol formation than up under center. So that's going to benefit the Devils' defense. Plus, they've already seen it. They've been able to have a week to kind of shore up some of the miscues. But it really comes down to every player has to consistently, every play, stay with their assignment. If you get one player on a miss assignment, that triple option will work, I mean, every time. Um you know, they came out and talked about it. They had a lot of missed assignments in the first half of that Cal Poly game, and that's why they were able to run so well. So we'll see how they adjust to it this week. But it's a big game because if they come out and they, they do what they need to do with UNM, they're, the issue is favored by 28 points. So if they're able to come out and actually put 28-plus points on the board, that's going to give them the momentum going into the USC, UCLA, to really come because those are the tough games. That's going to define ASU. Um, you know, you kind of look at the offensive side with ASU in the last couple of games. They really haven't really. The play calling was subpar. Um, you know, I thought they could have done a little bit different. I look at the read option they've been doing. Well, Berkovich is not taking the ball on the read option. He's giving it off every single time. So as a defense coordinator, you're seeing it. You're just going to cue in on the run every single time and be able to stop it. So. I'd like to see either Berkovici start taking the ball a little bit or just get away from the read option altogether and focus on the better run because you have the running backs. You have DeMario Richard. You have Caleb Blodge, which he's actually been out uh, with Mono. And so that's been kind of a blow because now they have to bring up Gump Hayes, which was a junior, um, junior college transfer. And he really isn't ready for the D1 stage. He saw some glimpses, but it's going to take him a few more games to really get into the flow of things. He had some drop passes against A&M, um, you know, but when they get Kalen uh, Balazs back, that's going to help the offense as well, too. But regardless, they've got to do a lot better play calling from Norvell's standpoint, kind of open the game up a little bit. Um, defense hits your assignments, and they'll come out and they'll win this game, and they'll win it by, you know, four touchdowns or more. If they don't and they struggle against UNM, it's going to be a long season. Mm-hmm. So... Why I say it's a big game is because it's really going to help either push them into that momentum of the Pac-12 play or this loss or uh, a 3.7-point victory. We, we might have some issues playing in Pac-12 play, and I don't understand why, because we have the talent up there. You know, okay. The offensive line, I think, needs to be, from the last couple of games, block a little bit better. But you know, it's hard to say when we improve from the A&M game to the Kyle Pauly game. Well... It's Texas A&M versus Cal Poly. You should have improved from it. You know, so how much is that improvement is because of just picking up everything? Yeah, it, it's, we'll, right. we'll see you tonight. Okay. You know? 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, ASU, I don't know. They're not a – I don't know. I don't think they're a good football team. Um, they, something, something's not going down. Something, Somebody has no belief either way. Players, coaches, they're not on the same page. Hopefully they can get it together. They better do it you know, sooner than later because the Pac-12 is coming. Uh, big games out of Pac-12 real quick. I know we got a couple minutes before break now. Uh, BYU-UCLA, I think that's the biggest game of the weekend. Um, UCLA being ranked number 10, they're hosting BYU. BYU is going to have an emotional season. You know, they Heisman candidate quarterback goes down um, with another season-ending injury. And they got a kid that right now is playing pretty playing pretty well, holding it down. You know, beat some tough teams in the first two weeks. And now they're traveling to UCLA. So I think that has, you know, a huge game in Pasadena. Uh, of course, you know, Ole Miss, Alabama. Um, you know, that's another big game to look out for, just a top 10, top 15 matchup. I think the SEC, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I don't know how you feel about it, Doug, but, you know, it is a little overrated, especially after the uh, display of Arkansas losing to Toledo last week. Uh, I spoke about it on Monday. And then also, you know, it, it just uh, Oklahoma coming into Tennessee, beating them. You know, SEC, everybody, you know, just these coaches are speaking out, talking about we go through week in, week out. Well, y'all just took two, two losses last week. So, you know, you're supposed to be the unbeaten conference in – I think it's a little overrated, but, you know, Alabama has a lot to say about that. Um, yeah, I mean, those two games, I know those are the nationally ranked games. Also, the interesting game, U of A is going to host Northern Arizona. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun well, game to tune into. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a fun game to, to, just to keep an eye on because, you know, those two interstate rivalries or interstate schools, recruiting the same kids, always played against each other. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fun matchup for them on the field. And, you know, I think U of A, of course, is going to destroy them. But it'll be fun. You never know. know. Yeah, exactly. You, that, that's that's what I like about the in-state, you know, games. You just never know. Uh, Look at U of A and their first game, almost losing to Texas San Antonio. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, Nebraska-Miami. Go ahead. Nebraska and University of Miami. Um, two – now unranked teams. Well, Miami has never been ranked this season, but Nebraska-Miami, that's going to be a big game. That's going to be a fun game. The old rivalry comes back. Auburn-LSU, they're ready to kick it off, see what Jeremy John- or James Johnson is going to uh, Jeremy Johnson is going to do for Auburn if he stopped turning over this football. Georgia Tech-Notre Dame. Notre Dame is down to yep. their second-string quarterback, uh, pretty much their third string about a year ago. Um, so he's kind of like the Cardale Jones, just he has the full season. Um, but, you know, Malik Zaire goes down. Evan Golston transfers to Florida State, in which, you know, he's not looking too well, but he's playing in a whole new system. Um, you know, they're down to their pretty much their third quarterback, and, you know, he's holding it down, and now he's being tested with the Georgia with Georgia Tech. And I think Georgia Tech is a tough team to sleep on. You cannot um, with that with their triple no, option. No, and that Notre Dame-Georgia Tech is always a game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's going to be one of the fun ones to watch this weekend. Because Georgia Tech's ranked 14 right now, yeah. You know, so they're not a sleeper team anymore. I think they're a legit team. And I mean, as much as Notre Dame's looking good, they're going to have a battle. It's it's. I, I'm thinking it's going to come down to the last couple minutes, fourth quarter, with that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll see. It's going to be a good one. Clemson Louisville. I think that's going to be a, a pretty good game. Hopefully Louisville gets a win. They had a lot of praise going into the season, but it's not looking too well. We got about a couple seconds, man, before we get out of here. You know, uh, you know that game was last night, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I meant to speak on that. You're right. <laughs> and Clipson came out on top, twenty to seventeen, taking yeah. Louisville down. You know, zero and three. Louisville's a good football team, and 
they should not. They're not a zero and three football team. Well, technically, yes, they are on the board. But watching right. them play, they play some tough games. Their first three games, yep. so you know, don't 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 hold out on them. Uh, NFL games, tune into them. Uh, we can't get too much into it because we are now running out of time. Uh, New England Buffalo. I think that's going to be an interesting game to watch. Um, obviously, Seattle. Yep, obviously, you know, the Cardinals and the Bears. Uh, Seattle, Green Bay, it's going to be a big game to watch. And mm-hmm. Dallas and Philadelphia. I mean, those are some huge games. Hopefully, my Colts can bounce back uh, against the New York I Jets. Think it's, so it's safe to say it's going to be a good football weekend. Obviously. Uh, exactly. And that's the way we're going to end it. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk Show. Thank you for tuning in. Demi Lachey is here. Dougie B, thank you for calling in, joining us on today's show. We will be back on Monday. So we'll catch y'all Monday on, you know, the whole football weekend. Um, other news that's jumping off on the weekend. Floyd Mayweather may make his comeback 50-0. and 0, Who knows? Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you Monday. We out. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.